Ian Play with Pragmatic, made possible by Horton in Britain, a worldwide supplier of engine cooling systems and proud member of the community for more than four decades. HortonWW.com. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. You know, I truly enjoy the stories of former successful athletes in high school who eventually stay with the sport and then become successful as a coach. Today's guest certainly fits the narrative to a T. He is one of 36 wrestlers in South Dakota high school history to be a three-time state wrestling champion. He led his team to its first state team wrestling title in 1979. He was a two-time Division II National Wrestling Champ, a three-time All-American. Even in the Pan Am Games in the late 80s, he was a silver medalist. And, of course, he's been a coach. He's been at North Carolina, Northern Iowa, Oklahoma. And now, in his 24th year, he's the head wrestling coach at Nebraska. The all-time winningest coach for the Huskers, the Vermilion, South Dakota native Mark Manning joining us on EM Play. And Mark, welcome to EM Play. Thanks a lot, Craig. Thanks for thanks for having uh, me on, and and uh, it's a pleasure to be joining you. Wrestling has been a part of your life for well over forty years. You know what would you have done if you didn't love wrestling so much, Mark? <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably be a farmer, I guess, huh? <laughs> I grew up on a farm and, you know, a lot of influence of my, you know, my mom and dad and, you know, I was being in a big family and my, my older brother's farm and, and, uh, do a terrific job. So I don't know, I probably would have followed their path, their path, but, uh, not, not, not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky their wrestling was in my life. <laughs> you know, that house was full of brothers. Uh, was there constant wrestling battles going on was mom and dad always yelling at you boys to settle down because you all were wrestling oh yeah i i think my my mom uh my mother was 98 she she passed away a little over a year ago and i think there's a there's a she, she's on a crown right now because she had to put up with us all the time and uh <laughs> she had to she had to be the referee she's probably the re- best referee i've ever had <laughs> Back in the early 70s, uh, Vermilion had a pretty good wrestling program. You know, the Tanagers finished as runner-ups in the in the team title twice, 1973 and 1975. You had to have been about 6th grade at that time. How involved were you in wrestling at th- at that time when Vermilion was doing pretty well? You know what? I was just a young whippersnapper and I I was watching you know, my brother Dan and my brother Tom Russell and then my brother Brian, who's, you know, three years older than me, he, he got involved. And so just watching really Dan and my brother Tom Russell um, and uh, really just been influenced on those guys and seeing, you know, just their career evolve and, and you know, guys like Kevin Cusick and Bill Foosh and Mike Shear and, mm. and uh there was a there was a lot of good wrestlers uh, coming out of Vermillion then, and they they you know they inspired us young younger guys that were you know really engulfed in the sport and really I guess just you know 
waiting to to rise up and and be like those guys, you know. When did you make the commitment though that you were going to be a wrestler? You weren't going to be a basketball. You you were going to do something, but when did you make that commitment? Well, I don't know when I decided I was going to, you know, end up doing it for a for a lifetime or really for a, you know, going into college and stuff. I think somewhere in high school I thought, "Hey, you know what? I'd like to do this in college." But um, you know, maybe maybe more like maybe my sophomore year and junior year in high school, I was, you know, I had really good teammates, uh, you know, like Bob Hirsch and Nick mm. Carantino was my cousin, Craig Manning. Uh-huh. They all went on and wrestled up at Augustana at Northern state, South Dakota. And, you know, you know, we've always been friends, uh, since. And so they really inspired me and, you know, it's, you know, just, you know, one man sharpens another, you know, that, that, uh, analogy and that biblical analogy of, of really people inspiring other people and how, you know, the good vibe that, that person has rubs off on you. And I think at that time, Vermilion High School had a really good aroma going around the, the school. It was a, yep. a lot of good wrestlers and we had, you know, some good football teams and, you know, it, it was really, you know, just really be, uh, it was a fun time to be a part of that. And, and, uh, it, we had a lot of fun times, just a lot of great memories. You were a sophomore back in 1978. You won your first state wrestling title. What do you remember about that year? I mean, you were kind of, maybe there was a little deer in the headlight look, uh, with that first time seeing success and going to the state wrestling tournament. Well, it's it's funny. I wrestled uh, I wrestled the guy in the state finals who I I had wrestled a couple times the year before, and and uh, and I was super disappointed. I thought I had a there was a bad call, and I thought I had won the match, and I didn't, and I lost by one. So I kind of I wasn't really afraid of the moment. Uh, my sophomore year, it was more like. I know I was better than this kid and I took a little chip on my shoulder and that's how I competed. And, and I, I stayed in the moment and just, you know, tried to prove to the world that I was going to win. So <laughs> it worked out for me. Well, the next year you're a junior, you go undefeated, you're 30 and zero, but you, you had to move up a weight class from 126 to 138 was uh, it seemed to be not too difficult since you won every match that year and won another title. It, it, it was difficult. I broke my uh, clavicle, my my shoulder bone in the, in the semifinals that year, and and uh, got had to get taken to the hospital. I had some sickness going on, and so uh, it it was not easy. And I had to wrestle. Uh, an undefeated kid from Huron who was really good in the finals. So I, uh, yeah, I faced some adversity uh, at, the, at the state tournament that year. And, you know, you go from being the hunter to being the hunted. And so it's a little bit different mentality. And, you know, you, you know, you know, not that I was never in that earlier on in my career, but, more on the bigger stage, high school state finals, you know, that type of thing. You know, it's just one of those moments where you, 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 you're tested as a, as a person, you're tested as a, a competitor. So 
you know, it might have seemed easy on paper, but it it was nothing but easy. (laughs) So you hurt the shoulder against Randy Steinbach or Randy Steinbrook from Rapid City Central that year. Yes. You won that match four to three, but you hurt the shoulder. Yeah. And then you have to take on Hobie Richards of Huron in the finals. So (laughs) how much time was it between going to the hospital and wrestling in the finals? Uh, I don't know. It seemed like two days, but I, I, I don't know. I guess it was maybe a number, maybe six hours or so. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, my mom and dad were great at that. Um, uh, at those times, you know, my parents, you know, we always supported us, uh, always came to all our wrestling matches, football games, you know, my, some of my brothers played baseball, you know, they really supported us, but they never got involved, never got involved, never. We might talk to them or, you know, during a wrestling tournament or something, go up and say hi, but that's it, you know. And I remember when I got taken to the hospital and I, you know, I was was sick and, you know, my shoulder was hurt. You know, it was looking kind of grim there. You know, my mom and dad were there for me and it was really neat to, just have the support at the right time where, you know, it's, it's much different now. Parents react and want to get involved a lot. Mm -hmm. I just remember my mom and dad set a great example for my family, as far as like how to parent, how to, you know, let the coach and trust the coach. And, uh, you know, I was blessed to be around Jerry Sleckaway and Willie Seibel and, and, uh, Gary Culver helped out some and, you know, it was really, really good, just good people around. Um, so I think parents really just trusted the coaches and, but, uh, my parents were there for me then. And, you know, that's something I needed at the time. Yeah. You're wrestling in the state championship with only one shoulder. You're feeling awful. And of course it has to go overtime against, uh, Hobie Richards. <laughs> you had faced him though a number of times during the season. Yeah. He, he was tough. He was tough. Um, and, uh, you know, I knew, you know, he was pretty confident and seemed really confident. And, you know, it was, a, it was a tough match. So it wasn't, uh, wasn't like uh, I was a shoe in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that team uh, in 1979, uh, Vermillion won the state wrestling championship. It was up in Aberdeen, but she only placed two in uh, titles. You know, Bob Hirsch won at 126. You won at 138. It kind of rare for a team title to have only two champions, but, boy, you had a lot of them that play second or third or fourth uh, to score all those points. He had Craig Manning. He, he plays second. He had uh, Carantinos yeah, was third, and, and Greg Blanchard was third, and, of course, Kevin Seibel was fourth at heavyweight, yep. so you, re- you scored a lot of points uh, in the semis. Yeah, you know what? That's that fun part about it is, it, you know, in wrestling, you know, it's uh, to win a state title or win a championship like that takes a great team effort. And you know, not everyone's going to be a champion, but it's everyone competing and and not only giving their best is, you know, fighting to to see how far you can go. And in wrestling, you know, you get beat. Well someone can come back and get third and that, you know, there's a lot of all the guys that come back in the wrestle backs have a chance to get third. So it's, it's, 
usually the tougher man that's going to do that. And, you know, so we, I think as a team and a program, you know, our coaches really did a great job at teaching us, Hey, you know, you, you, you fight back, you know, you, you score every point you can and you, you know, you're not only doing it for yourself, but you're wrestling for a bigger, something bigger than just yourself. And uh, that was really instilled in our team. And I think our team really embraced that. It was, you know, we, we had a great, uh, a great bond and, you know, we still do today. It's really, really neat. What is amazing to me, 1979 for Vermilion, you know, Bob Hirsch won a title, you won a title and you both go on to coaching, you know, Bob Hirsch, uh, you know, he wrestled at Northern and then of course he was at Millbank in Watertown and look where you have gone. How about that? Two tanagers and what they've done in their wrestling careers. Do you yeah. get a hold of Bob once in a while over the years? Uh, talk much? Oh, I, I, I talk to him all the time. And, uh, you know, his daughter went to school here at Nebraska uh, about eight years ago. And Ian and, and uh, his daughter live here. Um, and so it's really neat. Um, you know, Bob and I connect all the time. He's always down to a lot of wrestling matches, come down to football games. And so, you know, we're really close today you know, just like we were back then. So we haven't really missed a beat, you know, guys like Dan Legbolt and obviously my cousin Craig Manning, really close, Nick Carantinos. So, yeah, we've remained, you know, not only high school friends, but we remain friends through life. And so I think that's something that, you know, you know, that's the reason why we did win, you know, because we – we loved and cared for each other. You know what I mean? And, uh, there was a special bond there. We put a lot of work in together and, uh, you know, it was just, it was kind of magical. And, uh, it was uh, a really good, um, culture we had going and, you know, you fed off each other and I'm very grateful to have really brothers that were in front of me that show me the way, you know, <laughs> yeah. otherwise, uh -huh. otherwise I wouldn't have been a three time state champ, you know, just, watch my brother Dan wrestle and then Tom and then Brian and and then my younger brother Tim was obviously very successful three, three time state champ yep. himself so yep. you know you're inspired by other people and you know that starts at the top with my mom and dad and just how they raised us and you know you had to help out in the farm you know <laughs> uh, yep you couldn't do it all by yourself that's for sure I always say uh, when I speak all, all the different um, Speaking engagements, I've had the privilege to uh, talk to in the in, in the last forty years. Is you you normally you know my dad was kind of a Vince Lombardi of 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 farming, and so you know he was he was at the top of his game. So you had to step uh -huh. up, <laughs> doing chores, helping out in the farm, and so he. <laughs> He wanted to be great at his craft too, so yeah. we were all part of that. So do you miss being on the combine? Well, you know what? Not right away. I was <laughs> glad to get away to college right away, but uh, <laughs> just the lessons you learn and the the values you learn by you know the work ethic and the the discipline to do something over and over and over day after day. You know, it 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 gets monotonous for younger people and. I was that young guy that same way a lot of young kids think now, you know, but that discipline and that work ethic and that ability to focus when you don't really want to, um, 
provides a lot of uh, good lessons for you mm-hmm. later on in life. You won three high school wrestling championships, and then you chose to wrestle at Nebraska, but lasted only one year before you transferred to Nebraska-Omaha. How come? Uh, you know what? Um, I've never been asked that too much. Just people always say, well, hey, you transferred. You know what? Um, there again, just uh, I'll give you an answer of, of how I was raised. When, it, when I got to Nebraska, I wasn't really – uh, coached the way I thought um, when I was recruited people can recruit one way and then when you when you actually around them for nine months they they act different so people didn't believe in me so I wanted to believe in myself go somewhere else mm-hmm. and you know I was lucky enough to be in a program at Nebraska Omaha where I knew Mike Denny and and all his staff they were just servant leaderships you know, the leadership when I had at Nebraska was so much different hmm. than it when I got to UNO. So you won two Division Two wrestling championships at UNO, and you mentioned Mike Denny. What did he do to make you a better wrestler? Well, I think it starts with his staff. He had great people. Coach is just a great people person and a great uh, someone you could trust and lean on and know that you can always go to him for advice. He was a principled person. That's the difference between Coach Denny and the coach I had at at Nebraska at the time. And Mm -hmm. I learned a lot later on in life of how to coach because I had a bad experience at Nebraska. And, you know, when I coach, I want to have my guys have a, a a great experience. I want them to have experience like what they dream of when they're coming out of high school. They want a coach that loves them, cares about them, you know, is there for them, is going to serve them and uh, provide for their needs and, you know, not make it easy for them, but teach them lessons that they're going to have to not only be successful on the mat or in the, in the classroom, you're, you're going to be successful in life. And that's, mm. that's the principles Mike Denny taught. And um, he was great, terrific person, you know, led by his faith and just a great man of, of integrity. You became a, a coach after your career in, in wrestling. You became an assistant coach at North Carolina, 1985, an assistant coach at Oklahoma in 93, head coach at Northern Iowa in 99. So what did you grow? How did you grow as a coach during those 15 years and at those three schools? Well, after I got done with college, when I went to North Carolina, you know, I was, I was a competitor too. So I wrestled on, tried to make the national team, which I did, you know, for a number of years. And I wrestled till I was 31 as I was coaching. (laughs) So that, that was a big commitment. Uh You know, I wrestle overseas. I wrestled a, in Russia and Bulgaria and Turkey and, you know, the Pan Am games a couple times. And so I was doing that and coaching at the same time and learning, you know, how to recruit and how to run a budget and how to deal with people and how to coach at that level. And so Bill Lamb at North Carolina and Jack Spates at Oklahoma taught you to do that. Yeah. And, and Bill Lamb was, he was so important in my coaching career because one, he, he gave me an opportunity to coach 
at a Division One level. I had a couple other opportunities, Penn State and at Arizona State, and I just felt that um, North Carolina and, and, and Bill Lamb was going to be the best place, and it, it turned out to be a game changer because Bill was really good. Um, he had a longtime coach there, winning his coach in ACC history. You know, he won the ACC, I think, 16 out of the 31 years that he coached at North Carolina or something. And we had a lot of good success when I was there. And that was great. And I've made great relationships with all those guys in there. And um, that just kind of took off. And he taught me a lot of, uh, you know, he just gave me opportunity to go on the road recruiting, you know, and you, you make relationships and you build uh, you know, lifetime bonds of yep. not not only through the who you're coaching, but it just multiplies. You know, well, those guys right now are you know they're they're in their 40s and 50s, and so you know I have relationships with those young men even today. And so, you know, in the recruiting Terrell, I can call up someone that I know in New Jersey or Ohio or uh-huh. you know in Pennsylvania and say, sure. hey you know about this guy and that, you know, they're going to shoot me straight. And uh-huh. Those are all, you know, kind of fostered when I was at North Carolina. And so coach lamb really, you know, just took the time to teach me, you know, how to do a lot of those things and, uh, you know, recruiting and building relationships, you know, was really kind of easy for me and Bill was really good at it. And so he just, he helped me. You got to be good at it to be a coach for a long time. And that's certainly what you've done, Mark. Um, you know, you're in Northern Iowa, but then the Nebraska job, the coaching job comes up in 2000. Did you get a little excited when you heard that the Husker job was open? Yeah. You know, uh, what's funny about that, Craig is, is when I was at Northern Iowa, I was a hundred percent at Northern Iowa. And you know, what's ironic is about, we had a really good year and we had a national champion and Tony Davis at Northern Iowa. And, and we, we placed 11th at the NCAA tournament, which is highest they ever had. And we had a number one recruiting class in the country. So I had a really good group of young men from across the country coming in at you and I, and um, you know, that was my future. And then, you know, the Nebraska job, coach got fired you know there was a little bit of a scandal so you know you know usually you know you don't go into a and get a big job like a Nebraska job or Oklahoma State or Iowa unless something really bad happens right (laughs) (laughs) so it's not like you're going in and well everything's rosy so I was leaving a place where I had gone in and re-energized the place right and we, and we had it really just so much positivity. And when I got the Nebraska job, I thought, well, hey, I'm going to go in and do the same thing. But it, it's a whole different world when you're walking into a place like a Nebraska where people expect not only to win, but you do it, you got to do it the right way. And well, that's the only way I knew how to do it. But, you know, you, there was a lot of challenges when I got here. It, it, Probably the first three months, I think, I took over sometime in May, right? May of that year in 2000. Uh-huh. And I probably, 
in August 15th, if you would ask me, hey, do you want to go back to Northern Iowa? I would have said yes. So the, the challenges were fast and furious. And the time was not, those three or four months were, were not easy. They were the hardest of all my coaching years. A lot of negativity. But now, oh, it's 24 years. You've got yeah. 70 All-Americans that you've had a chance to coach. I, I've been blessed by some amazing young men in my in my career here at Nebraska, and just we we have a family here, Craig. I mean, it's just a, a wrestling family. We have alumni. We've had alumni weekends, you know, for numerous years. But and it's built, and you know, over a hundred alumni came back this year from across the country uh, for our very first duel, and. You know, we're trying not only to produce great wrestlers, but great men and, and great fathers. And, and that's what really our foundation is. We want to make people better men than they when they come here. And obviously, we're going to teach them a lot of wrestling, too. <laughs> Speaking of a guy who is an alumnus of Nebraska, it, it takes me back to 1979, that state wrestling championship in Aberdeen where you won your second title at 138. Vermillion wins the uh, the state title. But you know what? There's a guy who wrestled after you from Mobridge, Bill Shear, who was in that tournament as well. He goes to Nebraska, has a great career, and look what he's done with the, the Olympic wrestling program. Uh, just amazing, yeah, the, Bill, the connection. Yep, yeah, Bill and Jim Shear were, you know, I, I roomed with Jim my, my second semester here at Nebraska, and we remain friends today, and... I was just actually texting with Bill today. So, yeah, they they had great careers here at Nebraska. And then, obviously, on the world Olympic level, you know, Jim was a multiple uh, world medalist. And and Bill being a world champion in 1986 and then Olympic bronze medalist. So, they both had tremendous careers and were, you know, great influences for me. How has training changed today in wrestling compared to uh, your days in Vermilion? I think not only technology, but I think, you you know, there's just more science behind training, you know. Um, I'd say, you know, say 20, 25 years ago, you know, people ran a lot in wrestling. Hey, you got to get in great shape. Got to run. With rubber I mean, suits. You got to wrestle to get in great shape. But, uh-huh. but a lot of running. Well, yeah. I mean, it's good, but our team now doesn't run near as much as they did, you know, 25 years ago or 20 years ago. And so some of the technology of the nutritional aspect, I think, is just the game changer of what to eat and drink and when to feed your body, when to hydrate your body is so, so important. And then the number one thing is sleep, you know, sleep and rest. Just back, say, 1979, there was no one ever talked really that much about those things. Hmm. You know, it was just about, hey, make weight, get ready to wrestle. And and obviously you you trained hard and you ran. You did a lot of stuff that might have been detrimental. You just you did it because you thought, hey, the guy before me did it, so I got to do it. Sure. Rather than sure. there's much science behind it, <laughs> you just did it because someone else had done it. <laughs> and the, the technique is just light years ahead of where we were 
he was great wrestlers back, obviously, 20, 25 years ago. But now the technique, and he's just really good, good athletes out there. I got a couple more for you, Mark. You know, your brother, yep. Tim, he won three state wrestling titles, wrestled at Iowa State and Minnesota, got into some coaching as well. Big difference in coaching styles between you and your brother, Tim. Uh, well, I think Tim, um, you know, he coached a little bit with Jay Robinson for a year or two. And I, you know, he, he's another guy that, you know, is a really good people person. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he was very successful in the business world and retired, you know, a little over a year ago and, and, you know, he had an amazing career and at CH Robinson, a big fortune 200 company and had the opportunity to travel all across the world. And I think, you know, the, the value of the sport of wrestling, what the lessons and the adversity and, you know, all the challenges of, of training at a high level and trying to be the best at a high level took him to where he was in his, in the business world. And that's what people don't understand is what we always teach here in our program is, Hey, you want to be successful in life. You're successful on the mat, you know, and you might not be the varsity guy. You might be a backup. You might be third string, but if you're giving your best all the time, you're going to, you know, 10 years from now, that's going to pay off because you're going to know how to be elite. You're going to know how to compete because, you know, a lot of people want the easy way. Show me the easy way to be, you know, wealthy or to be the CEO of, well, it's not, it's never easy. And so I think our sport is one, it's a one-on-one sport, but two, just takes a lot of commitment and a lot of training to take yourself to that next level, you know, both physically and mentally. Girls wrestling in South Dakota has seen huge growth, Mark, over the past three years. Girls wrestling now in college as well. It's on the rise. How is girls wrestling going on in Nebraska? Oh, man, it's it's reached amazing heights. Um, here at Nebraska, it's, they're gonna, I think they're going to have their own state tournament this year. Um, so I think girls wrestling – you know, nationwide, it's just reached new levels the last couple of years. And obviously in the Olympics, there's, you know, six Olympic Greco weights. There's six uh, freestyle weight classes, and then there's six girl weights. So they get equal opportunity to maximize their ability at the Olympic level, world level each year. And, you know, those young ladies are just as committed as the men. And so the sport of women's wrestling is just off the charts right now. It's really growing at a crazy level, and rightly so. And I know a lot of Division three and NAI schools and Division two enrollment-driven schools that want to have women's wrestling. It's really smart because there's a lot of committed girls out there that, you know, they love the sport. They want to compete, and, and there's a lot of good opportunities. Just not as many on the Division one level. South Dakota has produced so many great wrestlers over the years. Woolman, Storley, Lamer, McElravey, Coacher, Shunky, even a hot maker who I think uh, you might see him once in a while there uh, on the wrestling mat at Nebraska. Smith, Walraven, the Shears, the Mannings. In fact, I told you before the uh, at the very opening, there are 34 three-time champions in South Dakota Class A wrestling. 
34. Five of those are from Vermilion. <laughs> Did you know that? You got Lucas Anglin and Hazen and Reagan by Tim and Mark Manning. Wow, five out of 34. That's that's a pretty good percentage from one school there, Mark. Yeah, that's, that, that is. I I did not know that, Craig, but I, <laughs> I uh, that's great. That's outstanding. Now, I wanted to find out about Willie Seibel and your coaches at Vermilion. What, what they meant to you going through high school? Well, he meant a lot. One, you know, he was, you know, all his kids were, I would say, Kevin and then Kurt and Kent and uh, Kyle. They, they were all involved in, you know, football as well as wrestling. And, uh, well, Kurt, not so much. He was, he was more of a basketball player. Um, but, um, those guys were just around us all the time. They were very engulfed in, in sports and loved the sports and, you know, really coaching football and wrestling. It was great because one, Willie was very passionate, instilled a lot of confidence in you. And he was an intense guy but a, just a super person, you know, just really enjoyed Willie. He just, I think, you know, Jerry Slackaway was really that way too, just a different kind of leader, mm-hmm. but <laughs> a really great leader. The way he got people to believe and honest and fair. And I think uh, those two guys were really very impactful for me. And I know for my brother, Tim, we've talked about it many times and with, Craig Manning and Bob Hirsch and Nick Carrington. We were lucky to have those guys, you know. They might not have known every wrestling move out there, but that's not what coaching's all about sometimes. It's about how you handle people and the principles you teach and, you know, just the belief you get from them and really inspired you and, and challenged you to be your best. And, man, I think he just had a way to get you going and uh, challenge you in a way that brought out your best. This is the last one for you, Mark. What is so rewarding about being the coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers? Well, I'm, I'm just happy that uh, I'm, I'm privileged to be here at Nebraska. The, the biggest thing for me is to have my guys. I mean, my team is a, just an extension of my family, and, you know, I love all the guys on my team, and, you know, I have basically 35 guys on my team, and, you know, they all come through at 18 to 23 years old. You know, it's a big responsibility because I tell parents, hey, your son comes to Nebraska. You know, I'm going to take care of him just like my son. And I give them that, my word that I'm going to treat them all, all fair. You know, not all the same because God didn't make them all the same. You know, some he blessed with better talent, better strength, better ability. Mm-hmm. But they're all going to be treated with uh, love and, and fairness. You know, they're going to be better people when they when they graduate from here and go on. They're going to have great lives because we're going to really invest in them. And that's probably the best thing about coaching here is I've had great young men and great coaches with me to really guide these guys to, to be their best. And, you know, the Jordan Burroughs and James Green and Craig Brester and Brandon Brown and all these guys that whether they came in on scholarship or walk-ons, they all reached an amazing level and just really proud to be their coach. And I'm just inspired to serve them. In Play with Craig Maddock is made possible by Horton in Britain, where smiling at work happens all the time. Apply now at hortonww.com. 
If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. It helps us gain new listeners. This has been In Play with me, Craig Maddock. This is a production of South Dakota Public Broadcasting.